This morning, our scripture comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter, and we'll be reading this morning from the message version of the Bible. If you would, please stand as you are able for the reading from the Gospel. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself, what do you want people to do for you? Then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, this morning may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. There were four brothers. And after they had gone to college, they went on to become very successful doctors and lawyers. And one night they all met together and enjoyed dinner together. And as they had dinner, they discussed the gifts that they had been able to give their elderly mother who lived far away in another state. And the first one said, I had a really big house built for mama. The other one, the second one said, I had a $100,000 media room added to that house. And the third one said, I had my Mercedes dealer take her a brand new Mercedes. And the fourth one said, you know, Mama loved reading her Bible. And you know she can't read anymore because her eyesight is failing. And I met this preacher, and, and he told me about a parrot who could recite the whole Bible. And it took 20 preachers about 12 years to teach this parrot the whole Bible. And it took me, I had to pledge to contribute $100,000 for 20 years to this church. But it was worth it. All mama has to do is name the chapter and verse and the parrot will recite it. The other brothers were pretty impressed. 
Sometime later, the, the mom wrote all of her son's thank you notes. And so she wrote, Milton, the house that you had built for me is so huge. I only live in one room of it, but I have to clean the whole house. Thanks for the thought. Marvin, I, I'm too old to travel. I stay at home. I have my groceries delivered. I will never use the Mercedes. The thought was good though, thanks. Michael, you gave me an expensive theater with great Dolby sound, and it's large enough for 50 people. All my friends have died. I can't hear hardly. I can't see well. Thanks for the gesture, just the same. And then, dearest Melvin, you are the only son to have the good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. <laughs> Thank you. Our focus today is to be the blessing. It's about generosity in our living and in our giving. Generosity, being the blessing. You know, it starts with actually being able to see the blessing. See the blessings that have been given to us and then to receive the blessings with gratitude. Recognizing that we have been given in Christ that which we could never earn and then responding by striving to be the blessing for others. Trusting that God can use whatever gifts that we give freely to bless God's work in the world and to bless other people. You see, what we do with what we have is a mark of discipleship. Jesus says, love, bless, and pray for your enemies. We were enemies of God, and Jesus died for us and for our salvation. And here's the thing. When we practice love for our enemies, a strange things happen. They cease being our enemies. Jesus said, do to others as you would have them do to you. All of us here have been given some amount of power over the life of someone else, whether it is at the, at the restaurant uh, for the server who brings you your food, whether it's on the road, somebody who wants to get in and you can let them in or not, whether it's in your family, in your business, in your school, we all have opportunities every day to either do good or do harm. Do for others as you would have them do for you. Jesus says to forgive because we've been forgiven. And then we mess up and then we're forgiven again. We are incapable of being righteous in God's sight and he loves us anyway and forgives us so that we will also forgive. When we pray the Lord's Prayer and we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, that little word as is more rightly translated in the same 
measure as. So each time we pray that, we're saying, Lord, forgive us in the same way that we extend forgiveness to others. And then Jesus says to give. Give your time, your talent, your friendship, and yes, your resources. Because in each instance, we are only sharing that which has been given to us first. John Wesley said that prosperity is a sweet poison. Sweet when it is shared and poison when it is hoarded. You see, we come and we know that God supplies our needs and we, there are two ways that we can respond to that. We can just take in that stuff and consume it until it's all used up and then we find ourselves in lack and then we worry and we fear and we develop this sense of scarcity that there won't be enough. Or God supplies and we respond to what God has done for us by giving that to others. And what we find is that God multiplies what we are able to do. And as we see that happen before our eyes, our faith grows. And it creates in us a spirit of generosity. There is a, a whole life generosity cycle <clears throat> that we are called to live with Jesus at the center. All of life is lived in relationship with God. All that we have received is received with gratitude from God. And then all that we are is released to God for the blessing of others. Relationship, gratitude, release. That's the cycle of a mature disciple. That's the process of a mature disciple who is living with Christ at the center of a life. And just as worship and small group faith development and service, those are all marks of discipleship on our paths of discipleship. Those are all marks. So is growth in giving a mark of discipleship. We're not expected to stay static in any of those categories. Our entire life as a Christ follower is always a Christ, always a life toward being more Christ-like, developing in each of those areas. There was a man who, is said, who, it is said, had a terrible dream. And he said, I dreamed that the Lord took my Sunday offering and multiplied it by 10. And that became my weekly income. In short order, I lost my TV my new car, and I couldn't pay my house payment. After all, what can you do on $10 a week? If the Lord took your offering and multiplied it by 10, sort of a reverse tithe, and made that your weekly income, how much would you make? The challenge for us today is to look at where we are on this mark of discipleship, uh, on this stepladder, and certainly the stepladder could work in all the other marks of discipleship, in worship and in small group faith development and in serving. But today we're talking about giving, so I want you to think about where you are on this stepladder today and consider whether God might be asking you to take one step up. If, if you've never given to the ministries of the church, maybe the step is to do that for the first time. Maybe you give, 
Um, but you don't give consistently. Maybe it's occasional. And so maybe what you want to look at is intentional, thought-out giving to the church, giving back to God. And, and maybe, maybe where you find yourself is, well, I give and I give consistently, but I don't give a percentage or particularly not 10% of my income. Might God be asking you to make a step toward that? toward the tithe. And there may be some in here who've tithed for 20 years. You've always done that. Well, you know what? If that's not a stretch for you, perhaps God may be asking you to extravagant generosity. In any of those instances, can you think about how you might take one more step on that stepladder? After all, it was Winston Churchill who said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Let us pray. Holy God, touch our hearts, open us up that we may be generous livers. In Christ's name, amen.